pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider spiritual encouragement and wisdom on your walk towards God's kingdom. Thanks for joining me. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. Some time ago, I started a new job with a company that makes electric vehicles. While I was initially nervous about making a career change, my job's been pretty great so far. Yet one thing continues to cause me anxiety. You see, my co-workers that got hired with me had immediately useful experience from their past roles, but I don't have that, and it's caused me to wonder whether I deserve my job. I found myself asking questions like, what if I get found out for being a fraud? Did I make it through the hiring process by mistake? Or was this just luck? It wasn't until I was brainstorming ideas for this episode that I realized I'm suffering from a case of imposter syndrome. There's a good chance you've experienced imposter syndrome before, but if you're not familiar, it's the feeling of paranoia that you don't belong in a group. It's a feeling that I can only describe for myself as dysmorphia of the soul. Now, dysmorphia is usually something that comes up when you're talking about eating disorders, like someone who is underweight that can't help but see themselves as overweight. But when I struggle with my imposter syndrome. It's like looking at my qualities in a funhouse mirror. No matter what my skills and accomplishments are, who I see in the mirror is at best lucky and at worst a fraud. Now, imposter syndrome, it's not limited to the workplace. It can appear in any group or community where people come together to achieve a goal, which means that imposter syndrome can and does appear among disciples of Jesus Christ. It's entirely realistic to imagine a believer, whether alone or with others, is suffering in silence, wondering if they truly belong in their spiritual community. The main reason I wanted to discuss this topic is because the self-imposed torture of imposter syndrome is so often mistaken for the admirable quality of humility. And because humility is encouraged among believers, we can find ourselves mistakenly encouraging a harmful mindset that is eating people up inside. And in case you think imposter syndrome is something unique to the 21st century, consider the account of Christ calling Peter to follow him in Luke 5, verses 1 through 10. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon said, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. 
They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled the boat so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. The Apostle Peter, upon seeing the Lord work a miracle, instantly felt unqualified to be among his followers. An imposter syndrome, it seized upon him like a paralyzing agent, crippling him for the potential to contribute anything to the Lord's service. Yet Jesus recognized the remedy to this paralysis was a call to action. The challenge for each of us is to do something, anything in our master's service, even when we don't feel qualified. Whether at work or in other social settings, seeing others acting capably and confidently has caused me to have thoughts like, I'm not like these guys. I hope nobody finds me out. Some days I felt disheartened to the point where I doubted my ability to contribute, while on others I had an unrealistic drive to be a perfectionist, to show that I somehow earned my seat at the table. When we see others in our spiritual communities joyfully proclaiming their faith or diligently studying their Bible, we too can either doubt our ability to contribute or go overboard to prove ourselves that we deserve to belong. Yet assessing our worth and our own merits and works is precisely where the problem rests. Let's look at Philippians 3 verses 3 through 11 to see how we can remedy this mindset. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered a loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul had every reason to boast, but to him each of those attributes that qualified him was a detriment to pursuing God in his life. Our seat at the table isn't found in what we can do, but rather to what Christ can do in each of us. What allows you to belong isn't your apparent perfection, but God's perfection and our Lord's perfectly obedient life and sacrifice. When you feel like you don't have anything to offer or you question whether you belong, try to remember that your weaknesses in your discipleship don't make you a fake believer. They are exactly the areas God has chosen to demonstrate his surpassing strength. Imposter syndrome affects people from all walks of life. 
Some wear it on their sleeves. Others internalize it. But one thing that binds both groups together is how it can prevent us from doing the one thing that solves a problem. Action. If left unchecked, all it does is give us reason to not do anything out of the false notion that we don't belong or we won't be good enough. If you live your life focused on your inadequacies instead of God's abilities, you will struggle to give God the room to work in you and through you. In Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, the Apostle Paul laid out a simple yet effective action plan for how to overcome this anxiety. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In this passage are three truths that each of us must accept if we want to overcome imposter syndrome. Number one, you were deliberately called to become a new creation in Christ Jesus through baptism. Number two, you are saved by the gift of God's grace manifested through Christ's sacrifice. Nothing you did or will do will ever earn that. And number three, you were created because God has work for you to do. Everything that led you being where you are right now was a deliberate choice by God. What you do today matters. The tasks on your plate, the relationships you build, the problems that arise, they all matter because God has created you in Christ Jesus to do good works. Even if you don't feel qualified, even if you feel like someone else would be better suited, we each have work to do in God's vineyard. And as we reflect on Christ's complete work, we can take comfort in knowing there's no fear of being found out. There's no fear of our luck running out on us. God is faithful in what he has promised. And if we rest in God's faithfulness instead of our own anxieties, we can cast aside our need to earn our seat at the table. Instead, we can graciously accept God's personal and deliberate invitation to be part of his family. I want to thank you for listening to another devotion here on Pause to Consider. If you like this episode, share it with your friends and your loved ones. If you have any comments or feedback, I'd like to hear it. You can reach me on social media, on my Facebook or Instagram Pause to Consider pages, or you can email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com. But above everything else, I hope this episode was helpful for you. And I hope that God will be with you until we meet again. Whether it be on the next episode or in God's kingdom. God bless. 
Thank you for listening to Pause to Consider. I'm Levi, and I wanted to be sure you've heard about a few other podcasts in the WCF network. I am actually one of the co-hosts on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. That's A Little Faith. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or our website, wcfoundation.org slash podcasts. Have a great week.